The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, a road show Friday with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Man, it feels good to be back home. I, I see uh, some of the listeners here already. We love seeing you. Want to see you down here at the Single Barrel. We're here four to six every home football Friday, back here for Purdue. The, the Purdue bus is to our right. Now, the good news is we have not seen Purdue Pete uh, the mascot that does look Halloween ghoulish, uh, quite honestly, that that's a plus. Uh, Brahm and company have made their way in. Uh, you got folks here at the, uh, well, at the, uh, ready to, I can do my best Jim Nance here with golf. The uh, simulator suites, the top golf su- simulator suites are a must. This place is great, single barrel, thick steaks, whiskey, it's, Incredible, and we want to see you down here, uh, here for a road show Friday with Hale Varsity. Elijah, it's man, uh, a lot of opportunity today for Nebraska football as uh, the Boilermakers in town. And uh, you know what, got to get those winning ways back. We are loaded up. Jacob Padilla going to be with us from Hale Varsity here in 20 minutes. Try to Fairberry, Bill Dolman will check in. Greg Smith, the recruiting hit, he's going to be on hand for a, a monster showdown. Up in the Metro, Gretna is hosting Lincoln East. The Fighting Spartan Southeast kicks off at about uh, 30 minutes or so against Burke. And then the Friday forecast with Clausburn. Numbers to get in, 466 can email chris at halevarsity.com. And find us on Twitter. Give Elijah a follow at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt. Uh, we'll figure out what happens. A little bit of Halloween fun today. Uh, you'll get to rehear the uh, true ghost story from Coach Mike Leach, the pirate. Yes, we know about his hatred for candy corn. Well, Wednesday when he was with us, he talked about his mother-in-law. Not in a bad way, promise you, but just the fact that the furniture was legit haunted. So come on down here. We're at the single barrel. Elijah, are you uh, are you loading up any any Halloween parties for saturday night sunday do you know what you you're going to get into so uh, it's a uh, it's like a tentative plan we've got going right now with me and my roommates Toga? no 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 so what we want to do is we were thinking about getting a, a keg but i think with the home football weekend that's just gonna be too much of a pain and we can just go get uh, some bush or something but we're going to move our fire pit from our backyard around to the front yard and we're going to take a tv outside and we're going to set up my, uh, my Sunday ticket on the TV and just watch NFL around a fire pit with some beers all day Sunday. And I'll be making some chili and cinnamon rolls. So just uh, going to be hanging out in the front yard. 
That's going to be huge. Uh, now it's going to be 48 degrees. That's, that's why you have the windy fire pit. with a little bit of with a little bit of sun. But uh, layer up, my friend. So we'll dive in here and listen. Uh, it's no better time than now to get down to the single barrel, get yourself a hearty bony and steak. Uh, Ken here, loyal listener, he already crushed a New York strip. That was a half hour before the show started. He dialed up and, and nailed it. Uh, our old buddy uh, Roger is here. He's working on some Johnny Walker already. I got to tell you about Roger, a uh, listener that's uh, been uh, with us for a lot of years, uh, listening to the show. He has an incredible Purdue connection, Elijah. His grandfather, Albert Berg, the first ever Purdue football coach in 1888. Uh, and uh, his uh, grandfather went to uh, Gallaudet College in Washington, D.C., where he learned football from the hearing boys. Uh, Albert Berg, Purdue's first football coach ever, hearing impaired, didn't matter. The guy pretty much invented the huddle. He was hired at Purdue, coached one season, which was one game against Butler. And that was pretty much the the first time for a huddle because you had a circle around Coach Berg. Uh, he could not speak and he could not hear, but he was able to communicate with hand signals, sign language. And this is an incredible story. Uh, and, and, our, and our listener, Rogers' family uh, uh, from the Council Bluff region, also in Lincoln, is, is where uh, Roger kind of put his roots down. And his brother, um, uh, along with his father, both worked at the Iowa School for the Deaf in Council Bluffs for a number of years. And, and his older brother, Lloyd, uh, competed against uh, Bob Boozer, Bob Gibson at Omaha Tech. So this is a really cool family from Lincoln. Uh, and also Council Bluffs with, uh, he's wearing Nebraska red. He loves his big red, but he has Purdue ties in the form of his grandfather. And, and he got 10 great years with his grandfather uh, before his grandfather passed. Uh, just being able to, to communicate with him about his time coaching Purdue. And what an awesome story. Think about that. 1888, the Purdue's first coach ever was, uh, was uh, Albert Berg, a uh, hearing-impaired man that was just incredible and, and introduced Purdue to the huddle. Yeah, I don't and, know how much huddling you'll see tomorrow. And this is according to Albert Berg's uh, Wikipedia page, which I went and found, uh, that uh, according to his players, his coaching consisted of excited sign language and some rather bizarre sounds from his throat, which his players correctly translated as pure profanity. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, you have Roger that uh, has popped in here down at the single barrel to say hey and tell us his, his family story. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to get after the kids uh, one way or another, correct, uh, to, to get them to, to do it. You got to hit that and, mad and button. Frost, you got to hit the mad button. Scott Frost talked about the mad button this week. You know what? Between Coach Frost, between uh, Trev Alberts, and between Austin Allen, and we'll, we'll talk to Jacob Bedilla about Austin Allen, Nebraska's standout tight end, and, and Austin and, and Jacob go back a lot of years through basketball. Listen, I think Nebraska's locked in. I think they're focused. I think they're ready. They're, we talked about juice, right? The, the dreaded seven to ten days of juice post-Minnesota talking point. That, that just brutal week of, oh, Nebraska dropped one against Minnesota. Energy balloon popped. Okay. Well, you, you got to get tomorrow 
if you're Nebraska, clearly for bull hopes. That's not been talked about a lot. I, I think Nebraska is a good enough football team, obviously, to make a bowl game. I think they're, they, could, they could beat a lot of teams on any given Saturday. They're the same football team, Elijah, that can get uh, sniped uh, by their own doing or contribute to their own downfall. Uh, on any given Saturday as well. And, and I think you've seen Nebraska play up to a lot of their uh, top 10, top 5, top 7 opponents. And and you've also seen Nebraska not play as, as focused or connected as a favorite against Illinois and against Minnesota. So, you know, who's the real Nebraska? That's been an ongoing question, and we'll see if there's more of a a stabilized answer for Nebraska tomorrow against Purdue. Listen, Purdue can can do a lot of things. They can get after the quarterback. Uh, Purdue can can make life miserable. Their secondary is pretty good. Uh, they're not afraid of making you kick field goals instead of instead of scoring touchdowns. That'll be your difference tomorrow. We've we've hammered that all week. The, the red zone difference because Purdue's not good in the red zone because they don't run the football, right? Nebraska's run game's gotten better with Ramir Johnson. So there's so many storylines here, but it's really cool to start off with, uh, you know, Roger Berg's grandfather, the first Purdue coach, Albert Berg, hearing impaired man that uh, introduced Purdue football to the huddle back in 1888 and had a season with Purdue. So, you know, there's a, a thought tomorrow too, with uh, with energy and crowd, uh, I think Nebraska fans will be ready. You'll you'll get a national audience with ESPN two, Kelly Stoffer, and uh, Lauren Sisler, uh, two great folks. We had a chance to spend time with in Minneapolis as part of our pregame coverage. They're on the call this weekend, so a lot of excitement here. But I think Nebraska will bring their own excitement tomorrow, and uh, we'll have our predictions later. But it's going to really come down to, to a lot of different facts, factors and, and facets, specifically Adrian being Adrian and also Elijah. Adrian taking care of the football, not just off the edge, but also uh, you can't give the football away. That'll be a big difference tomorrow. Yeah, and, and as we've seen from this Husker football team so far this season, whenever Adrian has a good game, the team typically has a good game. And, and that's, you know, those two things go hand in hand. Whenever the team around Adrian is playing well, it makes his job easier. And whenever Adrian's getting the ball out to his playmakers, the offense looks better. Uh, so it comes down to me, if Adrian has a good game, look at the games where he has played poorly. Uh, that's primarily Illinois and Minnesota, the two worst showings for Nebraska this season when, when Adrian's been playing poorly. Uh, but to get him playing well you need a couple things you need to have uh consistent threats in the passing game whether that be austin allen up the seam whether that's uh xavier betts winning his one-on-one matchups maybe it's omar manning uh that's uh, key and then the second key is also keeping adrian martinez clean the offensive line has to do a good job protecting adrian if he has pressure in his face every single play if he has to make plays with his legs because the pocket's breaking down it typically doesn't mean the best things for the husker offense he can make the best of it however the offense works better whenever he is protected and he's staying off his back it gives him time in that pocket to go find a receiver downfield that, that's going to be the, the biggest key is can Adrian Martinez uh, be, or get a clean pocket and can he go find his receivers? Well, and, and it's almost like Adrian expected, and I don't blame him, to be able to, to be clean out of the gate against Illinois, mm-hmm. right? And you saw him with happy feet and off his back foot and just an accuracy issue, never really got settled. And then you saw it also against Minnesota. He was able to stand in better, not great, but better because you knew what you were going against in an Oklahoma. 
Uh, you knew Michigan State was going to pin their ears back. You know what was up with Michigan? Now, him being able to run the football tomorrow, being a part of that rushing attack, uh, Nebraska's going to need to find a counter or, or just execute better uh, when it comes to either the design runs, the improv, and, and his element in the run game, quite honestly, because that is how Nebraska's kept it close against some of these heavyweights. That's how Nebraska wins tomorrow, is being able to throw up about a hundred and a half or so uh, on this Purdue defense. So you're not you, yourself one-dimensional. Everyone talks about Purdue being one-dimensional, and you know, and they're not even averaging 80 yards a contest on the ground. They don't care. They're going to throw it. But what can happen is Nebraska can't go to sleep on the Purdue minimal rushing attack and get gashed uh, with Purdue uh, in the run game. David Bell's fascinating. Uh, I know he's worn out in Nebraska. He's an incredible wide receiver talent. And uh, there's no uh, Rondale Moore. He was uh, doing things uh, for Arizona last night, including muffing punts. But he's still so dynamic to watch. Listen, David Bell's going to do his thing. It's about uh, damage control tomorrow, don't you think, with Bell. And Coach Frost touched on that. He'll get some touches. He'll get some yards. Does he take over for 240 yards like he did against Iowa? Nebraska has Purdue's attention and vice versa. And it'll be key for Nebraska. And really, this city, this state, man, you need tomorrow to go the right way. You need tomorrow to go the right way so you have some juice, some energy with Ohio State knocking on the door, whatever, whatever happens with that thing. But at least give, your chel- give yourself a shot uh, for Black Friday to mean something more than, than ruining Iowa. Give yourself a shot to do something you haven't done, and that's win on the road in the Big Ten. The last Big Ten road win was uh, the Stanley Morgan Heroics 25-24 under Riley back in 2017 at the buzzer at the goal line. Uh, go get a road win in Wisconsin. Easier said than done. But before you get to all of that, it's going to happen tomorrow. I think this thing will be tight for a while. Uh, I think it could be lower scoring. But I think ultimately Nebraska's difference maker and the fact they know who their quarterback is versus Purdue throwing things against the wall, hoping there's a run game with two of their three quarterbacks. And then is O'Connell still giving the football away or is he able to settle in? And at times he's looked pretty good throwing the football. Uh, he can't get comfortable tomorrow. Yeah, but it's so key for Nebraska here. After the the whole state of Nebraska pretty much has had just a bad taste sitting in their mouth for the past two weeks. Uh, since that Minnesota game, it's just been uh, the, the whole narrative, the whole feel around this Husker football team has kind of shifted. Where before it was, we're hopeful this team is close. This team just needs a couple things to go right for them in a game against a, a big opponent, and they'll get a win, and it'll change the whole narrative. It'll be turning the corner for this Husker football team. And uh, the Minnesota game seems to have brought the progress back, at least in the minds of Husker football fans, uh, back to the point of it's the same old story. It's a new season, same movie that we're watching here with this team. So it's all about shifting the momentum and getting the momentum right as you're going into the, the final stretch of your season trying to go make a bowl game and it starts tomorrow with Purdue of changing that narrative back to yes this is a close football team and this is a football team that is going to take down the opponents that we're supposed to beat and Purdue is a, is a team that you being Nebraska should be beating in a year in uh, year out basis right on and it's not that they can't keep it close or tight mm-hmm. they, that that is Purdue 
but you're air quote better. It's a winnable game, Elijah. Do we have time to hear some? Be careful saying it's a winnable game. (laughs) I know, especially in in this company here uh, with uh, with Seabass and crew all over here uh, with uh, the Boilermaker faithful here uh, here at the graduate. We're at the single barrel. So you had some Halloween stories going on, and it's pretty funny to hear some of the coaches talk about their Halloween experiences around the Big Ten. Can we hear from Frosty? Yeah, we had time for Frosty. Yeah, Frosty was. God love him. He was a big Ryan Sandberg fan. I, he went as a baseball cord. One year I went as Ryan Sandberg because I had a Cubs jersey that actually got me into servitude uh, for my brother. My first boss ever was uh, Uncle Mark on the paper route. Uh, he was four years younger, but he was still dragging me up at, at 4 a.m. to wrap papers so I could pay the jersey, the Ryan Sandberg jersey off. Here's Frost. I was a big Cubs fan growing up, and Ryan Sandberg was my favorite, and I wanted to be a baseball card once. It was pretty easy. I just took two pieces of cardboard and plastered his picture on one side and the stats on the other and uh, went and got some candy. Well, go get that candy. Go get the win. Come on down here for uh, a whiskey, a beer, a boilermaker, a steak. We're here at the Single Barrel 4-6 to six Roadshow Friday. We'll check in with Jacob Bedilla, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Tail Varsity Roadshow Friday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. We're here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Steaks and Whiskey. Always all good. And what a good weekend of ball. It's going to be high school football tonight. Of course, Husker basketball against the Buffs, uh, exhibition style. Husker volleyball, the man on uh, all of the scenes, his Jacob Padilla from HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore with his Jacob uh, Man, how'd you juggle Wednesday? First and foremost, great coverage, but thanks for the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, went down to uh, CBA for the first half of the exhibition game and then trudged through the rain to get back and head over to uh, the Vanny Center to uh, take in uh, the volleyball match. So um, <laughs> had some wet socks all night, but uh, was able to double dip and get to see a little bit of both. Well, tell me, let's start with hoops. And uh, what, what were you, you pleased with, with Nebraska basketball? And I know it was a little tighter in the first half than the second half. And, and overall takeaway, uh, just from, uh, from your eye, from your basketball eye, you know, what's, what's some upside? What's some, some positive, I guess, knee-jerk reactions with what you see from, from Coach Hoiberg's team and uh, all that loaded talent? Yeah, the guy that stole the show was Alonzo Verge Jr. And I think, obviously, competition level notwithstanding, the chemistry he had with Derek Walker and Wilhelm Breidenbach, too, um, the vision he displayed, and kind of the balance he, he struck between uh, looking for his shot and getting other guys involved. Like, if he plays that way, it's not going to be 20 points and 8 assists every game. But if he plays the way he did in that game consistently, they'll have a chance to be pretty good because um, he's a guy that decision-making hasn't always been the best. He's, he played on a team with a lot of uh, kind of shoot-first guys, and um, the ball movement wasn't great, and decision-making um, wasn't really there, and it led to overall low efficiency. Um, but I, he only took one or two questionable shots, I thought, all night. He was getting guys involved. He only had two turnovers. Um, and one of those was with a charge, so um, wasn't necessarily a bad pass or anything. So um, I think that that was the biggest takeaway from that game. Just um, 
the way that he looked and kind of the chemistry he's already selling with the guys, considering he just arrived here in, in July. Um, that, that was a big takeaway. And then the other thing that I found interesting was just kind of the rotation. Uh, they went with nine guys uh, in the first half and then worked a lot of the deeper bench guys in, in the second half. But um, Kobe Webster wasn't, in part, uh, wasn't part of that, and Eduardo Andre wasn't part of that. Um, so those are two guys that played quite a bit for him last year that at least in that exhibition game, it's, it's entirely possible, especially with Webster. Um, and Fred Hoiberg knows what he's going to get with him. Uh, he's been in that program for over a year, um, whereas Wilkshire, CJ Wilkshire and Casey Tomonaga have only been here for a couple of months. So um, don't want to say that uh, Webster is completely buried yet. Um, it's entirely possible he's kind of experimenting and giving the new guys a chance to see, and I'm sure Webster will play a role at some point this season. But it was just interesting to see um, kind of how that shook out and what he wanted uh, to do in the first half with this rotation, especially with Breidenbach kind of fighting in as that backup five as well because he's got some versatility. He could potentially play the four or the five depending on matchups. And uh, we've been hearing a lot of good things, and it looks like um, he came in and has really impressed the coaching staff already to kind of jump right into that rotation. Jacob Bedell is with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, or hitting on some Husker hoops. And, uh, Jacob, uh, let's talk about uh, Bryce McGowan's uh, five-star uh, Uber talent, had a tough night shooting. I don't think Hoiberg was upset or, or you know, frustrated. The, the shots just didn't fall. But as you kind of got a quick glimpse of, of Bryce and, you know, what the, the hype is around him, you know, what, what did you see from him? You've covered a lot of high-level kids in your time uh, with the AAU circuit and, and all the coaching you do. Do you think the, the transition will, will be pretty smooth for him? There will probably be some, some bumps uh, along the road. And Hoiberg even talked about that, how um, as talented as he is, there's going to be some patience required um, to kind of get him to where they, they feel he's going to be, um, whether it's midseason, end of season. Um, or the player that he's going to eventually be, and uh, he, he showed us. He had some uh, a few really nice plays. Uh, it's pretty cool. His uh, first bucket as a Husker came on an alley oop from his brother. Um, <laughs> he had a, a couple of really nice flat passes where he made plays for other guys. He uh, a couple of those threes. Yeah, a tough kind of step back uh, in the pick and roll um, that was late in the shot clock that looked pretty good. Just kind of caught the rim and circled around and popped out. Bill Hardberg mentioned he, he thought all the shots were kind of right there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I think this exhibition season kind of worked out perfectly for them to give him a chance to go out there and get his feet wet, play on that court in front of fans against another team when uh, it's a real game setting where there's a little bit more pressure than even in a closed exhibition um, or, or practice setting. So um, I, I think this week is, will be good for him to kind of figure out, all right, here's where I'm at, here's where I need to be. Um, this is what I need to, to work on to be able to play the way that I want to play. And I expect um, he'll just get better and better as uh, we get into the regular season and he gets more games under his belt. Jacob Bedillitz with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, uh, a thought here on Jamarcus Lawrence, Nebraska getting a, a new commit, three-star guard. Yeah, um, just committed. He, uh, um, he's a Roselle Catholic um, player um, at the same school that C.J. Wilcher went to, teammate of C.J.'s younger brother, um, Simeon, who's a five-star guard in the 2023 class. 
Um, those two visited Nebraska uh, at the beginning of this month together. Um, Wilcher's since uh, committed to North Carolina. Kind of tough when you're going up against Blue Buds, but um, <laughs> yeah. there, there, there's some familiarity there already with the uh, Lawrence and Wilcher family. And um, he's a guy that can really shoot the ball. He, he gives good effort defensively. He seems like a pretty heady player on that end. So um, just another kind of guy that fits into what they're trying to do with some of the guys on the on the team already with uh, like CJ Wiltshire, like Casey Tomonaga, um, like some of these guys they got coming off the bench to, to, to put the ball in the basket from the perimeter. Jacob Bedell is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Jacob, looking ahead to Sunday, Nebraska's got an exhibition against Colorado. Hoiberg's already said he thinks Verge is going to be in the starting lineup on Sunday, but what will you be watching for in the exhibition against an actual Power 5 team? Yeah, um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a big kind of step up in competition, but it's also gonna be kind of a um, wild card because Colorado does not have a lot of uh, contributors back from last year. Um, they've got a, a lot of newcomers, um, including a seven foot one freshman who uh, uh, is doing pretty well from them. It sounds like um, Jabari Walker is a guy last year that was really impressive in his role as a freshman. Uh, but they're gonna have some size. They're gonna have some length. Uh, which wasn't really the case with Bruce State. So, um, one, they've got to be able to rebound the ball better than they did against Bruce State. And it comes down to guys being in position, putting in a little effort to, to check out, to, to go track down the balls, to be strong with it, um, because they, they gave up way too many second-chance points uh, to Bruce State, especially considering it's an NAIA team and um, playing a lot of a lot of smaller lineups. So that'll be number one. And then number two is continued uh, decision-making. Um Will guys continue to make good decisions? 25 assists, 9 turnovers. That's a really good ratio in that game. And obviously they shot the ball really well. Um, so it's a tougher competition. It's going to be harder to beat guys off the dribble. It's going to be harder to get wide open looks. Will they continue to be patient to make the right plays? Uh, and um, will they be able to keep that kind of um, style that Hoiberg wants where the ball's moving, guys are taking the right shots, they're sharing it. Um, that gets a little bit tougher when you're being defended. There's a guy in your face. Guys aren't as wide open as they uh, maybe are against a lesser defensive team. So those are going to be the keys for me is defensive rebounding and then continued uh, good decision-making. Few a few minutes here. Jacob Padilla is with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine. As uh, we're talking Husker Hoops, the Buffs in uh, Big Red on Sunday at PBA. Jacob, going to flip over to football. Uh, what's got your radar up here for tomorrow uh, Purdue uh, just got to town a little bit ago. They're off the bus. They're uh, in the the, uh, the the conference room just down the hall. I'll wave at them for you if you want as we're down here at the single barrel. But, uh, you know, it just kind of comes down to, you know, what what team shows up, for not only for Nebraska but, but Purdue. What, what specifics are you interested in here? What are you watching for tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, um, well, we, we know Purdue, or Purdue, um, Purdue uh, passes the ball uh, more than almost anybody else. And so without Deontay Williams, who is one of your biggest communicators back there in the back end, um, the playmaker in the secondary loves playing against the aired-out team. So that, that's going to be a, a big loss for the team. So how, how does that secondary hold together? Um, how do they communicate? How do they, they make the calls and the checks? Uh, and read what's happening back there when you've got Miles Farmer in place of Deontay Williams. So that's going to be a big key. Um, and then on the offensive side, it's going to be um, Adrian Martinez's health. How does that impact the play calling? Um, 
and kind of the, the run game, are they able to get it going a little bit better than they did against Minnesota? Um, obviously, the, we knew uh, we know that Martinez is dealing with an ankle injury that limited him uh, against in that last game before the bye. He's had some time off now to, to hopefully heal up and get uh, get back closer to where he was previously. So it'll be interesting to see kind of all right, what does the playbook look like? What's play calling? Um, are they able to do everything that they want to do, which wasn't the case against Minnesota? Jacob, that's uh, those are two key points, and, and Farmer's no stranger to starting his first career start. Bared a lot of fruit. Uh, great, great work against Northwestern a season ago. Uh, Purdue's a different animal, but uh, I think at least you've got a guy that that won't be uh, afraid of the moment, and, and a guy like Farmer, uh, Nebraska's pass rush. The difference a year ago. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Nebraska flipping it around protects against the Purdue defense. And uh, you're, you're right on with the running game. Have you gotten a temperature of this? To, do you have at least a prediction with what their, their, their mindset is or even just where, where they're at mentally? And uh, Austin Allen said uh, they came back ready to go after the bye week. Um, said they almost had to uh, tell each other to chill, down, uh, chill a little bit because um, they were going so hard at it um, right off the gate. Um, so I, if that's the case, that would point to these guys at least being ready to go out there and um, kind of give it their all and, and lock in and hopefully get things back on track. You never quite know. <laughs> we'll see if that's the case on game day. Do they wake up feeling the same way? Uh, uh, we heard what happened against Minnesota afterward. Um, we didn't really get that indication going in, I, I don't think. Um so it's we so got some time left here before they get to to kick off. But um, I, I think the, the way that loss happened, and then having the buy afterward to kind of recharge and then reflect and um, realize kind of our, what we have left here. There's only four four games left. Um, we've got this is kind of our last chance to to do something that we were hoping to do this year. Um, I, I think they'll come in ready to play. Um, whether or not they execute, that's, that's always the question with this team, and that's really hard to predict. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob Adilla is with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, the volleyball, before we get you out, uh, just uh, high level Wednesday night with Coach Cook's Women, a sweep by Wisconsin. They're for real. Nebraska's really good. Wisconsin better. Do you worry about Nebraska bouncing back? Minnesota looms. I don't really worry about them bouncing back. Obviously, it is a tough opponent coming off that loss. I think, if anything, that that match would have fired them up and uh, kind of uh, delivered them a little bit of an ego check. Like, all right, so we were playing really well. Uh, but we're not where we need to be. So we really got to lock in here these, these couple of days of practice in between um, and get ready for a tough trip up to Minnesota because the Big Ten, uh, there's no easy weeks off. But this in particular, the Wisconsin-Minnesota uh, kind of uh, road trip partners, um, that type of deal, um, you play those two in the same week quite a lot. Um, that, that's a really tough week for the rest of the Big Ten. And so Nebraska – they competed with Wisconsin, but you saw a team with five super seniors versus um, a team with uh, multiple freshmen in the starting lineup, and that showed itself late in, in all three of those sets. Nebraska was in every single one of those games, 
but Wisconsin was able to finish and Nebraska wasn't. So um, that's kind of the message. It's like we're not quite where we need to be yet. Um, and they, they've got a month to kind of ramp back up before they get to face Wisconsin again late in the season. So the first step towards getting there is taking care of business on the road against a really, really good Minnesota team. They've got one of the best players in the country, reigning Big Ten Player of the Year, and Stephanie Samity. So uh, it's going to be another tough challenge, but uh, I think if you had to lose, that, that was probably a good point in the season where um, you ramp up, you're playing well, and then you kind of realize, all right, we've still got some, some ground to make up here um, to be the best of the best. And um, now they get to start the, the second half of Big Ten uh, play to, to ramp up towards that postseason. Jacob, you're checking out the doubleheader ongoing Southeast Burke, uh, Prep GI, loaded night of football uh, up in the Metro. Yeah, should be fun. It's playoff, is, uh, playoff time is here, and really excited to see kind of how uh, these brackets shake out as we get uh, further into uh, in the tournament. Jacob Adela, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, volleyball, basketball, football, high school, you name it, he does it. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, check out his podcast with Damon Betting, of course, on the Herdat Family Media. And uh, Jacob, did I see you're going to get a new podcast coming up? Yeah, um, I, my friend Jacob Bigelow and I uh, got together. We've been talking about it for a while, but finally making it happen and making it happen. I'm just going to be talking uh, Nebraska basketball and any other hoops topics that kind of uh, – interest us um, once a week moving forward so check that out soon on the uh, Hale Varsity Podcast Network. Beautiful we'll do it uh, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes where you'll find Jacob. Jacob have a good night we'll see you tomorrow bud. Sounds good thanks. Good stuff from Jacob Padilla all over uh, Husker Volleyball and uh, of course Nebraska Basketball 11 o'clock uh, Big Ten Plus Streaming that uh, matchup here, a, a step up, and Peru State wasn't a slouch out of the gate. So Nebraska will learn and try and be better Sunday morning at 11. And, of course, uh, the Big Red and Purdue tomorrow. Down here at the Single Barrel, we're inviting you out. Do you feel like a, a big old steak? Bone in? Yes, please. They're pork chops to die for. 250 whiskeys to choose from. We told you the story of Albert Berg, the first head coach ever at Purdue football, uh, was hearing impaired, invented the huddle. His uh, grandson, Roger, a uh, Lincolnite and a Big Red fan and a listener to the show, it was awesome to hear his family's story. Bill Dolman coming up in about 20 minutes. Greg Smith with us. We'll drop in some uh, ghost stories from the pirate Mike Leach in about uh, 10 minutes or so. And then the forecast with Clausburn looms. Oh, so, Elijah, I got to ask you here, and, and I don't think Nebraska fans are picky at this point, but from a what's best for the team question here, does it matter to you how Nebraska wins? As in, do they need to win a close ball game? The, the state's screaming, yes. They need to win. They need to win a close ball game, but. Go, does it need to go down to the wire tomorrow for Nebraska to finally feel it, finally do it, finally earn it, get over that hump that has been an ongoing topic of conversation since Oklahoma, since Illinois, since year one of Scott Frost, since year two of Scott Frost? I just, the way these things go, 
seven and a half. I know Nebraska's favored by a touchdown plus when that's the case. They, they, they've won this season. Uh, that being said, I think it would serve them well. Uh, getting a wins, I don't care if it's by three, if it's by seven, whatever the case, you and I don't root. Uh, that being said, for everyone's sanity, get back in the win column here in front of Ohio State. I think the fact if, if you were able to, to kind of hang on, last year was one of those where it got kind of tight towards the end of the ball game and Nebraska able to hang on and, and, and get a 10-point win. If they win in close fashion, particularly if they've got to put a two-minute drill or put a drive together or make some plays, protect Adrian to go get the win in crunch time, I think that'd do, uh, that'd do marvels for this football team because they've been talking about it. They eventually got to go do it. As the great Kanye West once said, beggars can't be choosers. This isn't Chipotle. Um, so, so we're quoting <laughs> Kanye. If, if you have Kanye quotes from Elijah at 448 on a Friday on the bingo card, take a drink. Well, the thing is, is sure, a, a close one would be great for the confidence of this Nebraska team and, and for the confidence of the fan base in this Husker football team. But the question is, can they even get a close win right now? Uh, when it comes down to it, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is wins and losses. And if Nebraska can't win a close game, however, they're still getting wins, uh, I don't care. That's what matters is the wins and the losses. And, and to me, so far this season and so far over the past three seasons, Nebraska has shown uh, an inability to win close ball games. And if they do win a close ball game, it's because they're up 14 or 21 in the fourth quarter and they let a comeback come down at the end. And it, not it, enough time. It, it ends up being a, a six-point win for Nebraska simply because uh, the, yeah, the comeback ran out of time. And uh, if this game comes down to a close game on Saturday, that's how I think it probably goes tomorrow because I don't have any confidence in this Husker football team to go put together a two-minute drill. Uh, or to get off the field with enough time to give your offense a chance or, or to give your offense a chance with three timeouts. So far, Nebraska has been unable to do that. And if they find themselves in that situation on Saturday, uh, I, I am nervous watching this Husker football team to think that they can even go and do that. So at the end of the day, I just think Nebraska needs to get a win. And I think it's more likely they get a win uh, by 14 points or 10 points than by three points because so far they haven't been able to do that. Listen, uh, Nebraska's defense in the Frost tenure uh, has been the side of the football that has stepped up and made plays at the end of games. Purdue a year ago, Ben, ben Stilley uh, doing the old hammer throw with the Purdue quarterback. Uh, Penn State a season ago. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm saying it's the offense's time. It's the offense's turn to, uh, to make one of these one-score games their fairy tale ending not a horror story as we're on the doorstep of halloween uh we'll get into some ghost stories the pirate will get spooky with his next bill dolman's on the way we're here at the single barrel you're invited down four to six every home football friday with hail varsity and now and now back to hail varsity radio one final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel. Getting off work. Good for you. Make a beeline down here. Uh, we're inside the graduate here in the Haymarket, kind of staring, well, caddy corner from the Purdue buses. Uh, you got some Purdue fans here, some Husker fans chomping away. Legendary stakes. Ken, uh, loyal listeners, been hanging out. Uh, 
Also, Roger popped on by and told a great story about his family and their tie to Purdue. Uh, can find the show and uh, give us a rating. Tell us what you think, good, bad, or ugly, with the podcast. Uh, Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. It's where you find it and uh, can rate it. Also, be sure to uh, check out the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com, and the Twitter feed as uh, we'll update the interviews and some SoundCloud two-minute drills there uh, with Hail Varsity Radio at ESPN Lincoln on Twitter, ESPNLincoln.com, the on-demand does it matter to you, like, with tomorrow's result, yes, a Nebraska win is mandatory. Do you want to see them do what they've not done? That's finish on offense to win at the buzzer, to win a close game. Um, again, as Elijah has commented, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, we begged Coach Leach earlier this week for a ghost story and he told us about the one time he went to his mother's mother-in-law's. Uh, here is the pirate, Coach Leach. We were at my wife's mom's house in Utah, and I'd always feel these weird presences in in this uh, bedroom we stayed in, and uh, you know, I just feel this, you know, there's something there, and I'd wake up suddenly, and and could, even though it was dark, could kind of see, you know, what I felt like was just. Uh, how, how would I describe it? It's almost like there's a film on your eye or something. Maybe it's my imagination, but, you know, it just felt like there was something there. And then uh went out and passed this uh, in the living room one time when there were people in the living room. <clears throat> and, I, and I could see these kind of orbs going around. Then I'd rub my eye, and then I'd look. And, well, okay, so, and then as we started talking... You know, I mentioned it, and then her mother, Darlene, said that, well, that furniture used to belong to another, all the furniture had belonged to some lady, some relative or something, and, and um, you know, the, the, the bed and the, and the drawers that were in that uh, bedroom, and she goes, well, maybe she wants her furniture back, you know? You're in and her seat. I go, well, then I said, well, you know... So I saw, I've seen these orbs, you know, by this lamp here before. I go, why, why would it be uh, by this lamp? Because this lamp's definitely not that lady's. Because the lamp looked kind of modern-y, okay? Well, it turns out it was the lady's lamp. That lamp was the lady's lamp, too. Oh, and wow. so then, then Darlene gets all that furniture out of the house. And I've stayed in that room several times since. Never, uh, you know, felt any uh, vibe in there after that. Okay, then my brother-in-law, he was up fixing the air conditioner one time and knew that everybody was gone, and here's this, hello, hello, hello. So goes down to look, can't find anything, and swears he hears it. And, you know, and he's a guy that thinks he's an atheist, which I've never <laughs> quite got that, so you're an atheist, and now we also have ghosts. I mean, it's either one or the other, isn't it? So, you know, ghosts are fun enough that atheists will believe in them if they feel like it. The Pirate Mike Leach here at the Single Barrel. Get a whiskey and a steak. Enjoy a Friday out here in the Haymarket. The Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hour two on the way. Bill Dolman next with Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Roadshow Friday here at the Graduate, uh, inside the Graduate. And you got to come on by the single barrel. You coming to town for the game? Yes, you are. Are you going to get a steak and a beer? Yes, you are. Where do you do it? Here at the single barrel over. Listen, beer's great. Love it. Whiskey better. They have 250 different whiskeys for you. Uh, I swear they knew Bill Dolman was going to be on the radio today. The Guinness Mobile was parked out front thinking that, oh, it's the, it's, it's the Graduate Hotel. It's single barrel. It's a home football Friday. That means Dolman's going to be back in town. Uh, we'll just have to drink that Guinness for him. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman with us. Billy D, I... I thought about taking a picture and rubbing in the fact that the Guinness mobile was outside here at the single barrel. I'm wondering how I can get a job driving the Guinness mobile. Is that like, uh, is that like the Oscar Meyer hot dog uh, mobile? Well, it's different than Mark Fuse vehicle. I was watching that footage. My God, that came out uh, earlier, earlier this week uh, from his, uh, traffic trophy uh, with his two German shepherds wondering why dad's driving crazy like he's down in Australia. But uh, <laughs> we, we got off the, the, the beaten path there. What's up, man? It's been, a, it's been uh, two weeks tomorrow since the mother of all roadies, the average Joe roadie, to, uh, to Minneapolis. I snore and I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, <laughs> mainly we, we saw a, a what the hell first half. Can't happen tomorrow. How are you feeling about the Big Red against Purdue? You know, I'm probably like every Nebraska football fan over the last uh, two weeks that every football game that I have watched since uh, that Saturday in Minneapolis, I, I, I've just intently watched how teams handle uh, fourth and an inch, uh, quarterback <laughs> sneaks. Um, I, I, it, it's just To me, it's just something I, can, I still, a week, two weeks later, cannot get out of my head that Nebraska couldn't punch it in from one inch out. My, my fear has always been Nebraska, you know, going into seasons the last couple of years is the mark of this team and Zach Duvall as the strength coach as the offensive line and being able, can Nebraska get, you know, make it on fourth and three. Now, now we can't make it on fourth and three inches, and that's troubling to me. And you, you can't get a quarterback underneath center to quarterback sneak. I mean, Tom Brady's 45 years old, and they still – put him under center to quarterback sneak. Green Bay last night, I think, had it fourth and an inch or something like that against uh, Arizona, and they had Aaron Rodgers in the uh, in the shotgun, and I think they went over. Uh, it didn't I, go I, well. It, it got knocked down, yeah. Right. It, it just it, it, it is um, amazing to me. And, and Troy Aikman has just said, you know, that offensive line has been playing pretty well, but nope, they got to roll it out and get the pass batted down to get an inch. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to get a Bronx cheer tomorrow uh, that if Nebraska has a fourth and a half yard or something and they put Adrian Martinez under center 
and he's able to get that half yard with somebody larger than him pushing it. I just, to me, that's the one thing I can't get out of my head. And I, if Nebraska's quarterback sneaks for a first down tomorrow, you'll get a Bronx cheer. And it's, and I, you know, maybe Scott's going to be, you know, too prideful to put his his quarterback under under the center. I don't know. Maybe it's still going to be uh, in the shotgun, but uh, it's, it's still two weeks later inexcusable as to what happened. The game changes if they score there. Oh, big time. And the other thing is you got a 230-pound running back that loved to use Northwestern as as punching bags. And uh, you, you fast forward a couple of weeks later, uh, he just the, the moment got to a young freshman. Uh, Nebraska worked on during the bye week stress situations. And it's not that they don't do that, but they really drilled down and, and tried to simulate pressure moments. And then the fallout and and scott talked about hitting the mad button and he got pissed and he should have when guys weren't able to execute when when it came down to it we were talking about this before the end of the hour does nebraska need to to go put a drive together tomorrow to win at the buzzer to get over that hump is that's what is that the type of the way the win needs to happen tomorrow I think they need another Northwestern performance. Yeah, I, I think okay. they need to. I think they need to dominate. And, and now, whether they can or, or can't, I don't know. But they've done it, and they they. And everybody's talking about the Michigan Michigan State game uh, tomorrow, and both of those teams should have losses to Nebraska. You know, um, Nebraska played well enough in both of those to win, and Nebraska dominated Northwestern. They played well enough in the second half of the Minnesota game to have won that game outside of a couple of really questionable calls. Um, but I, I don't, I, you know, I think Nebraska's got to put together more than just a, you know, pull it out at the end type win. They need to put together the type of win that once again convinces them that they can, that they can be a dominant football team. And, you know, I've been watching pundits and as much as it pains me um, the last couple of weeks. And people still think this is – people still can't figure out Nebraska. It, it, it's, I've not seen that in a long, long time where they think, God, I, I think they're pretty good. I just don't get it. I think everybody to, uh, you know, a pundit is kind of in that boat of like, that's a pretty good football team. I don't get it. How about you, Barney? That's a pretty good football team, but I don't get it. How about you, Jane? Same thing, over and over and over and over and and – Nebraska needs to win, and they need to win convincingly tomorrow. It can't be one of these four, three-and-a-half-quarter battles, and they're able to pull it out at the end. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, if Nebraska puts together a a full fourth-quarter performance, which we really – uh, our full four-quarter performance, which we really haven't seen this year. Uh, I guess Northwestern, you put in backups at the end, and that kind of skews results, uh, and they were they were pretty good up until that point. But not sure if you've really seen a full four-quarter performance this season. If Nebraska does do that, would that instantly catapult this win against Purdue to the, to the number one, the best win of the Scott Frost era, if they're just able to go out there and put together a convincing win whenever you really need a, a win going into this, uh, this final four weeks of the season? I don't know if it's the best win of the of the era, but it certainly is one in which they answered the call uh, at a time when they absolutely 100% needed it. Um, I'm trying to think back. You know what great wins there have been, unfortunately, of the Scott. That's what I'm era, saying. 
We've seen we've seen great performances, you know, that that should have been wins and they weren't. Um, you know, the Michigan game certainly comes to mind in that regard. But uh, I think it, it, if they come out and they are impressive and they look again like they did against Northwestern, then yeah, it's it's a great it's a great win, no, no doubt about it. But it's it's still against a Purdue team that still is not scaring people other than Iowans. Um, you know, I mean, they came, they came back to reality last week against Wisconsin. So I think it's like, well, yeah, they had a great win, but nah, they're still kind of just Purdue. And I've always thought the toughest thing about playing Purdue is when you have to play Purdue at Purdue because there's zero atmosphere there. Only worse is Rutgers. And that makes it a tough place to play, as Nebraska has found out a couple of times. But they've got to play well just and play hard and play efficiently and stay out of their own way. That's the key. And I, I, I really think the week off is going to help this team. I'm not sure, and I probably should have done a little more homework than looking up stats and whatnot and watching film. I, I'm not sure if anybody has had a bye in their season later than Nebraska. As a team that started earlier than everybody, and doesn't get a bye until last week. I, I, it's been a brutal schedule, and I think that they're probably going to benefit from having taken some time off. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Nebraska-Purdue breakdown, and uh, some thoughts. So we, we've seen the legendary movie Major League where they, they took Joe Boo's rum, they did not sacrifice the live chicken. There were hats for bats. Eventually, they, they got Pedro to hit the curveball. Uh, and in Dumb and Dumber, you had Seabass uh, order, you know, three Boilermakers. Uh, we've heard Scott Frost talk about the same movie, the same movie, the same movie. And this weekend, you know, when you're not watching college football, there's a lot of horror flicks on. Uh, I'm interested with you, Bill, as a guy who's, a famous actor between mattress commercials and, and Jeep. Um, who's the starring character tomorrow for Nebraska? Does it have to be Adrian, or is it time for somebody other than Adrian to be the the lean-on guy? Well, that's a that's a great question. You know, and not only is uh, are people watching horror movies, but of course this is the uh, Hallmark Channel. Uh, countdown to Christmas. So you talk about seeing the same movie over and over and over again. But I digress. Um, You're going to get into Hallmark flicks someday soon. I know you are. <laughs> You're going to see you on that mattress with the blonde gal. Uh, and, and, and they're going to say, Bill Dolman, get in front of the camera. <laughs> well, the boy can dream, can't he? That'd be the shocker of all shockers, wouldn't it, if somebody turned on uh, the Hallmark channel? Yeah, that's, uh, that Billy would be D. a career moment. <laughs> Look, Adrian uh, is said to be 100% healthy, and mm. if that's true, I, I think that's relatively speaking. I doubt that we'll, we'll ever see Adrian Martinez 100% healthy. I think that's a relative term, but he's had a week off, and he's got you know a very important game ahead of him. And it's, I don't want to say it's put up or shut up, but it's it's a put up game for him, and. He's got the number one pass defense in the conference. He's got a pretty good defense overall that he's going to be facing tomorrow. Um, he's got to make great decisions. He's got to utilize all his receivers. And whoever the running backs are tomorrow, 
they've got to be effective. It, it can't all be on Adrian, but if he's healthy, he's got to play like the kid we saw two or three years ago when he first arrived on campus and stole everybody's hearts. And there's been a lot of heartbreak in the two years since then. Tomorrow is the opportunity at home to get the crowd into it, get it behind him, and get a big win. Whether it's the biggest win or not, I don't know. But it will be a catastrophic loss if Nebraska can't pull it off tomorrow at home. I think the crowd's going to be into it. I don't think it's going to be like it was for Michigan. But I really think the crowd's going to be into it, just hoping, begging, pleading to do whatever they can do. Uh, to help that team have a great performance. But I, I, it's, I think it's on Adrian if he's healthy. If he really is healthy, it's on him to perform like it. Well, let's hope it's uh, it's not a horror movie tomorrow, or even worse, let's hope it's not a comedy. As, uh, you can make a lot of movie references here, Chris. You really could. Well, listen, we're talking to a, a member of the acting community, Bill Dolman. <laughs> we, we've, we've, I mean, seriously, like there's, there's Bill Dolman commercials on TV as – you know, I'm waiting for the guy with the neck tattoo to, to tell you about why this mattress, the old Will Ferrell character, <laughs> uh, telling me why I need to get the, you know, the, 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 the one that uh, elevates or not. And then, uh, you know, Dumb and Dumber, it's always a sea bass reference, right? Cam Neely, I'll dig it over here. But, uh, yeah, we, we did talk a lot of movies, Elijah. Yeah, wait, wait, what is your take on the, are you a fan of Boilermakers, the drink, not the, not the mascot? Me or, or Bill? I guess both of you guys can answer I mean, that the, one. the mascot should be starring in his own horror movie because he looks <laughs> crazed. Uh, I, I, you know, I think me and Linville are going to do a, a, a Boilermaker here. We're going to do a shot uh, a whiskey inside a beer. We're going to do that here. Well, hell, it's 520. <laughs> <laughs> it's 5 o'clock five somewhere. 5 o'clock somewhere, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it on camera here. We're just going to drop it in and just hammer it. Boy, I, I haven't had one, and I'm ashamed as a Schmidt to say that. I no? haven't had one either, and, uh, you know, but you know my affinity for Guinness, and so that's about as, uh, that's probably about as far reaching as I'm going to get. Okay. I'll let Elijah do the do the damage to himself and tell me about it later. Oh, I can handle it. I'm young. You're you're right there. Elijah <laughs> can can survive nuclear blasts. I'm told. So are you comparing uh, me to, real quick, wait, Bill? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You just compared oh. me to a cockroach. I think. No, I'm, surviving I'm, saying, I'm saying you're strong. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're blast proof. <laughs> that's that's a compliment. I'm not telling you you're a roach. Uh, Bill, what happens, real quick, we got to get your prediction here, but about 90 seconds. Where do you think LSU and USC are at? And what, what about Baylor and, and, and Penn State? Well, I, I, uh, I have watched in, in, uh, with, with curious curiosity the James Franklin deal at Penn State and I I don't want to say that there's a moving van that's all packed up and ready to go but I think there's a moving van that's all packed up and ready to go um, where is he going to end up probably USC but he's done a lot of you know uh, a lot of talking without saying anything which tells me everything I need to know uh, so I would think that he's probably uh, on his way out um, it sounds like Mel Tucker has, has basically had his moving van uh, running uh, ever since he got the boulder. He's renting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that uh, that's a, if if he ends up at uh, at LSU, it would not surprise me. I assume that, you're, that Dave Aranda must be on the target for any other opening that might be there. 
uh, which is not surprise me if it's Penn State, if it's if he might be on target for LSU, if he might be on target to go to Michigan State and go coach in the Big Ten. Uh, be a great hire, but I, I would think that him leaving is an indication of what the future is for the Big 12, that it's just not a great conference to be in any longer. Um, but that's, Bill, that's what I kind of view it. Bill, give me a, a score tomorrow on Nebraska-Purdue, bud. Uh, 100 to nothing. What the hell? Hey, Drew, hey, Drew Brees and Jim Everett aren't their quarterback anymore, so what the hell, you know? No, I'm not. Bill says 100 proof. <laughs> Billy D., you take care. We'll talk next week. <laughs> Go Big Red. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? Listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, Roadshow Friday, Hale Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel. As uh, we've got a plethora of steaks on the menu. You've got the uh, Top Golf Simulator Suites. And you've got over 250 whiskeys to choose from. The guy going to be outside tonight uh, as it gets to be, you know, John Facenda NFL Films cold or fall-like. Uh, Greg Smith, a recruiting guru uh, with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, Greg, you, you might need a, well, not on school property, clearly, but I'm sure you may be thinking of a whiskey to warm up at some point here <laughs> as we get deeper into the playoffs. How are you? I am well. That that sounds excellent. It might be the move after this game. Um, you know, if it wasn't so windy, and I feel like that's kind of the, the thing that Nebraskans say, right? If it wasn't so windy, it wouldn't be so bad. But that's basically what it's like today. Being a Chicago dude, do you look at this wind and just go, come on now? Uh, no, because some of these days, I think it may have been yesterday, the day before, one of them. I feel like I went outside, my dog got blown down the street. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely don't turn my nose up at this Nebraska win. It's no joke either. Well, Greg, uh, we'll get to some Husker football, some recruiting recon from you in a moment. You're going to see uh, East and uh, Gretna. Man, I've loved watching this East football team. Love Coach Gingery and his crew. And Malachi, uh, Stevenson, of course, uh, Erickson, phenomenal. But Walters is, he's been a treat, man. His whole career, he's been a stud to watch. And uh, East has been prolific all season. I know they kind of ran into a buzzsaw uh, last week up in the Metro. Uh, doesn't get any easier for them in the opening rounds. Aim Flores, super talent. Gretna, an incredible squad as well. This has got to be, uh, you know, one of the, one of the top first-round matchups uh, for you, uh, as long as you've been covering this, man, because of the quarterbacks you're going to get to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really fired up for this one. Um, and like you mentioned, because of those two quarterbacks, it basically means, you know, you could have a score and have a big play at any time with both of those signal callers out there. Um, I've seen them both uh, at least once this year. Um, both of those offenses are really good and dynamic. It'll be interesting to see. I'm expecting a lot of scoring um, in this game tonight with all of the weapons on both offenses. You know, Greg, as you look at, at Noah and you, you look at, uh, at Zane, you know, where are their recruitments at? We'll get to s- some Malachi Coleman here in a moment, too. But uh, just a thought from you, uh, you know, is, is Nebraska at least in the picture for both of these kids walk-on-wise or uh, could, it, could it get even better here? I mean, you have in-state talent with arms like this. Uh, you want them to succeed, but it'd be really cool if they stuck around. 
Yeah, I think that both of them have it, are, are at least on the radar of Nebraska. It's a little late in the game for Noah Walters at this point. Um, but his recruitment, mm. neither of their recruitments have really taken off to the way that I, that I would have predicted. Um, if you had told me ahead of the season that, you know, Noah would have a shot to break the Class A passing record this year, I would have said, okay, great, which schools are also recruiting him? And it just hasn't happened. The same with Flores. Um, but Nebraska is uh, starting to pick up some interest as a, a potential preferred walk-on for Noah Walters, um, and we'll see what he thinks about that. Zane Flores has also been to Nebraska's campus, um, I think it was two games ago, he, uh, two home games ago, he was in Lincoln for a visit, um, and so they're well aware of him as well. Um, I think both are talented players and definitely can, can play college football, uh, whether it's at Nebraska or somewhere else. Greg Smith is with us, Hail Varsity Radio, at Greg Smith HV, the straight-up breakdown, his podcast drops uh, midweek on the Herd Ant Family Network, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Check out Greg and his thoughts on recruiting and, and football and some, some hoops as well. So uh, let's talk Malachi Coleman. And he is prolific as a wideout, big play threat every time. The ball's in his catch radius off the edge. He's been a beast. I know Wisconsin's liked him. I know Iowa's liked him. I know Nebraska's uh, been in as well. And, you know, what's your... What's your forecast, Bud, here with Malachi? And I probably left out some other offers. Uh, you, you've kind of got that, that rundown memorized, I'm sure, with who's all in on Malachi. But do you project him as a guy they beef up and, 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 and send screaming off the edge? Or do you think he's a wide receiver at the next level? You know, it probably depends. All it probably all depends on whether or not his frame is going to be able to handle that additional weight. Um, he's already a super athlete, and so that you know, it, it's tough uh, spot. I guess I say that tongue in cheek for him to be in because either you beef up a lot and you end up being an edge rusher, or you beef up some and you end up being a big wide receiver, which he definitely can do. Right, so he's in a good position um, when it comes to his recruitment. You're right. Some of the schools in the region that really like him, he's been to a visit. Um, to Wisconsin already. I think he's checked out Iowa as well. Um, Kansas, Kansas State has been in touch as well. Um, so th- those kind of regional schools and a lot of names that either you know Nebraska plays or has or used to play um, mm-hmm. in on Malachi Coleman. He's a talented player. Greg Smith's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Greg, I just want to hit on the fact that it seems like Nebraska has a couple guys they're looking at to, to go into that JoJo Doman role. When you look at Gage Stinger, you look at uh, Applegate from Southeast, and even look at maybe Malachi Coleman being able to fit that role where JoJo Doman you know, screams off the edge and can also drop back into coverage. Is that a position where Nebraska's trying to load up, or are they just bringing in athletes that they go, oh, okay, uh, maybe this guy could fit that role as well? Yeah, so here's what I really, really like about this, and I've written this a couple of times. I think that anytime you can have kind of a unique position in your defense, um, that maybe you can find a guy that's a little bit of a tweener and get him out there on the field and just use his athleticism, I think that's awesome. I think it's a really good selling point for Nebraska to be able to go on the recruiting trail with some of these kids. And it was Isaac Gifford before that. He's kind of a guy that's been groomed uh, for that role. Javen Wright is another guy, uh, potentially depending on what happens with his body and his health down the road. Um, and so I definitely think it's on purpose. Nebraska's doing it on purpose, and they really like Gage Finger in this current class for this role um, moving forward in the future as well. Greg, are you panicked with where Nebraska's at in, in this 2022 cycle? They've, they've got some kids. It's a limited class. There's also JUCO offers out. There's also portal possibility. Do you think it'll all work out here in, in about uh, six weeks, or is, is Nebraska kind of in uh, – 
in, in the twilight zone a little bit here with, with what they're trying to do for 2022? It, I think it, it's going to depend so much on what Nebraska can pull out of their hats when it comes to the portal and junior college. Like, I, I think at this point, it kind of is what it is with the 2022 like high school class. Um, and there's some talented guys, and I like their upside to the future that are already in this class, and they'll probably add a few more um, to the class, even though, as I say that, it, whoever gets added to the high school group um, at this point has not visited already. So it's going to kind of be a hit, or at least for an official visit, because there haven't been any really official visits that have happened besides Victor Jones Jr., right? Um, Akana, um, the Boise State commit. So we'll see a kind of fast and furious finish potentially on that front, but I think the junior college recruiting in the portal, which is the hardest part to forecast, um, is going to be what kind of saves this class, or I guess makes or breaks it, um, but we're not going to know that for a little bit here, and the portal thing is going to be on going um, through the summer probably what's that tell you is it just best business right now to go portal and juco or is it more of a declaration we we better figure out a way to win now uh if you're this staff uh and and get some guys that that don't need to be as developed because they've already played either major ball at the juco level or they're transferring from a power five yeah, I think, I think it's the second. I think it, it's that they need to find guys that can help them win now. Um, you're looking at a year next year, 2022, where, listen, we, we kind of dance around the Scott Frost hot seat talk, but he would definitely enter uh, 2022 on a very hot seat. And I guess that kind of temperature changes depending on what happens down the stretch of this mm-hmm. season. Um, but that's a tough situation. You don't want to go in with so many young guys. Plus, Nebraska has so many young players that they need to also balance the roster or balance the class out and be able to get some older guys in here, whether or not, you know, it's juniors or even one-year seniors. Um, they need to do a, a good job of balancing that out, too. Well, and you'll have some attrition. There's some guys that no doubt have played well enough beyond the super seniors, Greg, that, that could find their way to the NFL. That's the tight end spots for Nebraska. That's Mr. Daniels on the interior. Of course, Cam Taylor-Britt on some lists, uh, high lists for the NFL draft already. So you're going to need to to reload one way or the other. So you got the LSU opening. You have the USC opening, uh, potential portal there. Who knows if Franklin ends up at either school? Uh, Do you have uh, an exodus from Penn State? If if Aranda's name finds his way to to LSU, is there an exodus at at Baylor? Uh, If he's gone, is there an exodus? You know, at LSU, My, the reason I'm asking all these things, Bill Bush knows everybody. Bill Bush is on staff as an analyst. Bill Bush delivered Joe Burrow uh, way back in the day, and he's been an incredible recruiter everywhere he's been. Uh, this has got to be a monster opportunity, don't you think, for Nebraska to use a guy like, like Coach Bush or, or analyst Bill Bush to, to really hammer home some, some portal possibilities? Yeah, and it's funny, the way you laid that out, though, kind of underscores why it's so hard to forecast that, right? And Yes, they're going to have to use Coach Bush, and it'll be all hands on deck, Coach Held, Coach Becton, and the connections that he has, all, especially all over the South. But if you think about just what happens when a couple jobs get filled, um, there's going to be a lot of kids potentially that could be looking around, um, and it's not just to go to the school that that coach ends up going to. You just never know how that goes. Um, so in today's world, I think that that's going to be something 
something that's a really big deal as when the coaching carousel gets fired back up again and these jobs start to get filled and new ones open up. Um, it, that's what I think Nebraska is really counting on to be able to you know, fill some of these spots moving forward. Greg, real quick, uh, some visitors you're intrigued by tomorrow with Nebraska-Purdue. And then uh, to close out, what happens tomorrow with Nebraska-Purdue? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a handful of guys, and it, it's weird to start with, with a couple of kickers, but I think that the, the number one kicker that I'm looking at, uh, Charlie Weinrich, who's coming in out of Kansas, I believe. He's a 2022 kid, uh, so he'd be in this in this class. He holds a scholarship offer from Kansas and a handful of walk-on offers uh, from around the country as well. Um, and then you have a number of 2023 kids, uh, kind of led by quarterback J.J. Cole, who might be the best quarterback in the state of Iowa for 23. If that last name Cole sounds familiar, his dad is the old kicking guru uh, who's also on staff for the Chicago Bears. And no, I didn't just say that to work in a plug for the Bears. Uh, <laughs> you and your but, Bears. But that, yeah, but that helps too. Uh, then you got a wide receiver, Joshua Manning, uh, coming in from kind of the Kansas City area. Um, there's some really intriguing 2023 guys that are coming in. Uh, and as far as tomorrow's game goes, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of see anything happening. Purdue is a little upset after kind of laying an egg last week. But I think Nebraska um, is refocused and re-energized. And I think that if you're if they're going to make this interesting down the stretch, they've got to get this one tomorrow. Um, I think Nebraska finds a way to get it done in a close game. There is Greg Smith, recruiting insider at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, uh, enjoy tonight. East and Gretna, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, sounds good, man. See you tomorrow. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here at the single barrel, Chris Schmidt, uh, Elijah Herbal, and uh, our old pal Linville. We, Elijah, I know we're, we're waiting on Cloudsburn for the Friday forecast. We have taken the plunge, and uh, if you can look and stream us, ESPN. Lincoln's Facebook page, there is a shot of Buffalo Trace inside our our beer here. So we have done, and uh, we have not chugged it, because we just, I don't have enough hair on my chest to do that. But we we had a boiler maker, my friend. Rate, rate the flavor. You picked a you picked a good whiskey with the uh, with the Buffalo Trace. I know That's I probably a good picked too good a whiskey, to be quite frank, to do a. A boiler maker, but they're absolutely now cursed. The, so the, the boiler maker, the mortgage, are? put Junior's college fund. <laughs> this is how we guarantee a win. See, right? I, and I, I look at the uh, the beer and whiskey combo, and really, what is beer but like a liquid bread with a little bit of alcohol in there? What is beer people, but that? People take a shot of whiskey before they have a beer. Exactly. My old buddy Nader is uh, prone to the Jack Daniels honey. And you can find that and 249 other whiskeys. Our old buddy Roger had himself a scotch earlier. Our old buddy Ken did, uh, did a, 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 a New York strip. Our two friends across the table from us here, and they've been coming to Hale Varsity Road Shows at ESPN events since... Well, Maryland had a good uh, Final Four basketball team in 02. This is really cool. Uh, we're down here at the Single Barrel Home Football Fridays. Just a programming note, we're here 
for the weekend edition tomorrow morning, well, tomorrow 11.30 to 1.30 pregame. And then Real Red Reaction going to be with us following Nebraska-Purdue. That's JP from 96 Kicks, Meg from Meg from 96 Kicks, and, and Elijah, you'll be on that as well. And uh, we'll be set up here for postgame here inside the graduate of the single barrel. So come on by, celebrate a Nebraska win. So we are facing a tough reality. This happens once every fall. And if you've watched We're the Millers, you know, some folks are, are prone to the border. Uh, Clausburn has been swallowing balloons again, mm. and there may be some detainment. But never fear, Elijah and I will get you through the Friday forecast with a Nebraska prediction. Let's take it away and get to it. So a slew of incredible ball games this weekend. Last weekend was incredible. When you're punched in the face by uh, quarantine, all you do is watch football. You start rooting for Lance. You start liking Kansas football. <laughs> and then OU goes for 35 in the second half. Uh, a lot of great ball games. San Diego State in the fat guy in a little coat, Brady Hoke. They take on uh, Fresno State. That's going to be the, the dessert for you Saturday night. But before that, you have Michigan, Michigan State. Game day is in Sparty. Uh, Michigan State's, all their wins have come against sub-500 teams, Elijah. You know what? Uh, Claus does say, yes, I got roped into a a work call. (laughs) That's balloon swallowing, Claus. We love you. (laughs) Air quote. Uh, we'll, uh, We'll figure out Claus next week for the Ohio State. Back to Michigan. I think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks. And do you like Michigan State's quarterback? You've seen him as a Nebraska fan. Do you like Michigan's quarterback in McNamara? I think both teams can hammer each other's run. I like Michigan. Everyone's gone Michigan State. It's a home game. It's a Harbaugh factor. Listen, I think Michigan's too good defensively. I think Michigan's got a better one-two punch. And Walker's awesome. I mean, Walker's a Heisman candidate with Sparty. But I just think McNamara showed me enough against Nebraska. Kid made some throws. And you had Aiden Hutchinson give me Michigan on the road to stay unbeaten. And I will I will give Michigan State the four at home. Uh, Michigan 35-28, the win over Sparty. Yeah, and I'm with you here uh, when we talk about Kenneth Walker. Uh, he hasn't faced all that many really very, very stout run defenses. And uh, I think Michigan has a run defense that's on par with Nebraska's, and we saw what uh, Nebraska was able to do against Kenneth Walker, really shutting him down, especially in the second half. Uh, so I think Michigan also pulls this one out, and I think they also uh, uh, cover the four-point spread. I got Michigan winning by a final score of 28-17 to 17 over the Spartans. Michigan State really can't get the offense going without Kenneth Walker going, so uh, I'll take Michigan. I just think Sparty's too one-dimensional in comparison to Michigan, and you're right on with it. We will skip around. I I was really hoping for uh, pig and curd jokes with Iowa and whiskey from Clausburn. We're not going to get it. Everyone's all over Wisconsin here. They're they're favored by three and a half. I think Iowa, dare I say it, they're going to fade. They're going to fade down the stretch. 
They still have Minnesota looming. Northwestern's always played Iowa tough. Oh, no, here, here's your rivalry game. I think Wisconsin's got some mo. Uh, they physically beat the hell out of the fighting sea basses last week. Uh, check that. Wisconsin did. And I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I'm going to go with Wisconsin at home. And the unders are disgusting. It's 33 and a half points. Give me a vintage Big Ten win and cover 10 to 6. Wisconsin wins, barely covers. I don't like how much I am agreeing with you here. Uh, I am going to okay. I am going to agree with you on the Wisconsin you win. Taking a beer if you want here. However, on. however, I don't think Wisconsin covers. That's where I'll, I'll change it up for you. It's going to be a slog fest. We know uh, Vegas is really good with their totals usually. It's going to be a low-scoring affair uh, with these defenses and also with the shaky play of both of these quarterbacks. I'm going to agree with you. Wisconsin gets the win. I do not think they get a cover, though, as Wisconsin gets the home win 17-14. to 14. I'm not sold on this Iowa team, especially with how many injuries they have on their defense. I think that's going to uh, give Wisconsin just enough. They need a win this season uh, against uh, a top-level team. They've put in some good performances, not great performances. I do think they get a great performance tomorrow and I think they win 17 to 14 a win but no cover for the Badgers it's going to come down to probably Wisconsin and Minnesota on Black Friday or Saturday for for the West uh let's get to uh Ole Miss and Auburn we'll save Nebraska Purdue for uh 550 you're a big Ole Miss guy I think, I think Ole Miss stubs there, too. Auburn's got a really talented defense. They fly around. It has just been a gauntlet. It's been a gauntlet for Arkansas. It's been a gauntlet for Ole Miss. It's been a gauntlet for Alabama, for A&M. You just look at the games stacked. It's a lot like the Big Ten where, where you're going frying pan into the fire. And I think uh, Auburn uh, is, is poised. They're good. They're ranked again. And I think Auburn upsets uh, the visor uh, in, in kind of a shootout here. Give me, give me Auburn uh, 45 and Ole Miss 38. See, I, I like the uh, the Heisman candidate, Matt Corral, from Ole Miss too much. I do think this is a close game. Auburn uh, has been pretty battle-tested this year. But give me Ole Miss uh, on the back of Matt Corral to win this one by a final score of 35-31. to 31. Ole Miss gets a win over Auburn. Yeah, that's a good take with that quarterback. He's incredible. Nebraska and Purdue, our prediction here, the forecast. We're here at the Single Barrel with Hale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here at the Single Barrel on a home football Friday, 4-6 to six here every roadshow Friday for uh, Nebraska when they're here in Lincoln. Uh, we're back tomorrow for the weekend edition, 11.30 to 1.30, right ahead of Nebraska-Purdue. Real red reaction with JP, who got the old thumbs up from Coach Frost for his Titans hat. We heard the epic story about smoking in the Astrodome uh, and Earl Campbell killing people. Uh, from Coach Frost on Thursday. But Real Red Reaction, as soon as the game's done, it's JP, it's Elijah, it's Meg, and you're going to want to react with your friends uh, from Nebraska Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. Uh, big thanks every time we do a road show 
It is a a tip of the cap to our friends at Arrow Brokerage and Ferris Financial Group. They have been just awesome. Awesome. They are awesome when it comes to investment, real estate for Arrow Brokerage. And, of course, uh, when it comes to retirement savings and investing your money wisely and uh, protecting your money, uh, the folks at Ferris Financial do just an incredible job uh, each each quarter for you. You know, that's uh, what it's all about. Without further ado, Elijah, let's get into Nebraska and Purdue for the Friday forecast. Klosburn, we will get him bail money for next uh, next week for Nebraska, Ohio State. We'll be back here at The Graduate next Friday. Come see us for Nebraska and the Fighting Herbies. And, of course, uh, pregame and post always here at Single Barrel. So, Elijah, seven and a half. You go first. We're going to add a little sweetener to this. It is for a steak and a beer. We have okay. neglected the steak and the beer a lot of this football season, my friend. I'm up a lot. Beating chess, sorry. Piling on. Oh, we lost Schmidt. Sorry. Uh, no, tell me. What happens? Nebraska, Purdue, seven and a half. Where's your head? Well, uh, my head is that that you have been talking all show about how it's time for Nebraska to close win. That'll be big. So I'm going a, I'm to a make you stick to that one. Uh, by saying Nebraska is going to cover this seven and a half point spread just barely. Uh, I think it's the type of game where Nebraska jumps out to a lead uh, all on that Penn State game last year and then things start going wrong. Purdue starts uh, clawing their way back in. You know Nebraska is going to make some mistakes, shoot themselves in the foot. It's going to let Purdue get back into this game. So I have this game being somewhere in the 35 to 21, 35 to 24 range going into the fourth quarter. Purdue claws back, but Nebraska holds on for an eight point victory. 35 to 27, they get the win and a and barely, they barely get the cover against Purdue tomorrow afternoon. Back to the red zone. You hold them to one field goal versus a touchdown, Elijah. I get it. I'll say this. I, You know, I know Purdue's got a pass rush. I know they've got a good secondary. I think Nebraska's offense can, can go off. Michigan's got a good defense. Nebraska still put up 29 points. We don't need to get into all the points left on the field. It is a one-score game. It is an Adrian John Elway moment. We can write that fairy tale. And it is Nebraska 31-27. 31-27, first team to 30. That's how it's going to roll for Nebraska. And Adrian makes it happen, gets some help in the run game. And Nebraska is getting going to get some points off of turnovers. And I think Farmer has a big game tomorrow. Pre-game here, single barrel, 11:30 to 1:30, the weekend edition. Come see us. Get a get a steak and a beer. Big thanks to our friends that uh, came out to see us. Big thanks to you for listening, and uh, thanks to the single barrel and our friends at the graduate. All right, back tomorrow. Flex schedule, 11:30. Hail Varsity. Talk to you Saturday.